This is Father Patrick Briscoe. This is Father Bonaventure Chapman. And welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, Father Bonaventure, here Father we Patrick. Are. We made it through the introduction of the show. We did. More or less. Yes. But we're going to start off with a fun game. Today. A game. Let's do it. Okay. I... I will I will play along because you proposed it. Word association. Okay. So oh. let's rock. All right. Toads. Water's king. <laughs> Water. Mmm. Fire. Mm. Um. Chevrolets. Uh, my grandfather. Oh. Smoking jackets. Mmm. Men. Oh, suede yeah. shoes. Oh, excellent. Elvis. St. John Paul II. Poland. Mm. Germany. War. Mm-hmm. And let's do a good one. So we'll say spatulas. Mm. Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts? Why yeah. Boy Scouts with spatulas? <laughs> I'm thought like pancakes or well, eggs or okay. something. Yeah, no. So here's the deal. When I was a Boy Scout, I once was responsible for cleaning up the breakfast, right? Yeah. So I took everything. I put it in one skillet, uh, you know, all the utensils. Yes. And we had been a little bit uh, careless in, in this. Uh, so I was heating up the skillet to kind of cook off some of the grease and the, the things that were stuck on it. Well, one of the utensils I happened to put in the skillet was a plastic spatula. Right. And then yes. I promptly walked away from it all to go and do something else. Yes. I melted that sucker down all the way yes, to enough. just the handle. Yep. There was only the handle of the spatula, right? That was it. There was nothing yeah. left of it. Yes. Well, my Boy Scout leader, Mr. Blouse, kept that spatula for several years. And yeah. when I was when I made Eagle Scout in my Eagle Scout Court of Honor, he gifted me this spatula along with Ooh, an award. <laughs> wow, that's great. Just I as a reminder, it. you know, of where we've come from and what yeah. we've done. Yeah, yeah I've so. I have melted. I, I when I was making uh, Rice Krispie treats for a block party we're having in Buffalo, New York, and must have been in high school or middle school or something. And I was using a rubber spatula to get things stirred up or something. And I picked up the rubber spatula and there was no rubber spatula on the end of the spatula so it was just the handle again so we thought well and this plastic solidified and uh those were some interesting rice krispie treats they had some chewy bits to them you could say yeah so we have both melted spatulas of rubber otherwise nice mistakes were made i think one of i think cooking mistakes are an important part of dominican life like that's one of the really important things we went through yeah, efficient, you know, and I'm not desiring to expose all of those errors, but it's part of it, right? It is, you know, and you would you attempt things, especially when we were at the House of Studies. There were so many friars who were cooking these large meals. Cooking for eighty men is tough. Yeah, and not all of them were heroic. You that's know, right. These efforts, let's yeah, the, say. the so, men maybe, but not the efforts. That's right. Yeah, the men, yeah. the men definitely, but but not but not the efforts certainly. Um, but yes. uh, you know, we get to we get to a point right where we're looking back uh, in church history, and it's easy to identify particular uh, particular errors that have long since passed. Right, that the church is... has clarified various mistakes, wow. you know, in the long past. But I think it's a little bit harder when you're in the present day to see what's going on. Right. Yeah. So if we look around, um, and, and why do I say that? Because I think there are plenty of things that we can complain about in the present day. Plenty of difficulties the church faces. But really drilling down into what the heresy of modern life is, if there's one thing, yes. you know, if there's one thing 
um, that we might point to. I think it's more difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you have the advantage of history, you're looking back. What are, what are your immediate thoughts on that? Yeah, well, that's one, a seamless transition from uh, errors in, from cooking with spatulas, errors in the kitchen in, in Dominican life to errors in modernity. That's, that's fair enough. And heresy, uh, it is harder to see one's mistakes in the present moment, you could say. And I think it's harder, yeah, again, to also to see the, the what would we, what we say, a heresy, well, heresy, let's put, let's do a definition while we get on the floor. Absolutely, Her yeah. Heresy is not just thinking something wrong. Heresy is is an intentional denial of post-baptismal, so it's something that a, a, a baptized person can do in a narrow sense, and it's it's a intentional denial of a dogma or a doctrine of the church, something like that, right? To be differentiated from, say, schism, which is the separation from the church or the Roman pontiff, so it's against unity, but you might you might have the same beliefs. You might be in, uh, have the same doc doctrines, dogmas. You just don't. You're not in communion. With that sort of thing, right? That's because you can do both of these, of course, together. And then apostasy is the entire rejection of the faith. So not not just one or two pieces. So heresy is is the thing that the the cat the baptized Christian uh, the Christian rejects some teaching, some dogmas, or something like this. And it is heresy. Well, it's it's. It's something to be avoided, of course, but the church learns through heresies, too. So they're almost endemic, I think, to working out the faith because the mind is trying to grasp uh, difficult theological matters. And so when doing that, it's not always going to get perfect and pure on things. And that's where the church's magisterium comes in and helps. But that's what through the history of the, the councils, the church, and the working of the Holy Spirit in through, through the teaching and the tradition. So heresies are horrible things, and yet they are helpful too. But they're they're hard to see in the time. No her most heretics at the time don't consider themselves excited about being heretics. They think they're actually teaching the faith. And I think that's where we talk about with with modernity and with today is it's it's hard to see your obvious denials. Mm. You know, it yeah, turns out right. it's yeah. like in life you might deny something. Uh, but you don't explicitly realize that until later and say, yeah, you know, I just, I, I didn't really actually like that person. I always thought that I was him, or his or her friend, but actually that wasn't, that's not true, you know, and on reflection. I think that's probably true for, for today too with heresies and modernity. Yeah, I think that's right. It's not possible to be accidentally a heretic. That was that was your first distinction yeah, that that's I think right. is really good, right? Like you make a you make a mistake in the kitchen and you don't know you, because you don't know something. You're not yeah. you're not culpable for anything that you're ignorant of in, in any point in the spiritual life, right? Yeah, that's right. Things that things that we're not aware of are not sinful because sin requires the assent of the will. And I I like that you started out with this clarification. I thought it was very good, right? To point out, well, heresy means something obstinate. You know, mm -hmm. a, a doctrine, a doctrine that has been professed, mm -hmm. that is clarified by the church, um, that uh, that you continue to resist or otherwise teach against, right? Yeah. Um, I, I One presented. Important. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Do you have a favorite historical heresy, Father Bonaventure? Um, yeah, I was thinking about this. Uh, I mean, subordination one, subordinationism, I I, I do like. Um, and then Americanism, I suppose. Americanism, is, we'll do that first. Americanism is a, a heresy. <laughs> nice. I'm Pope Leo XIII. And it's a kind of grab bag of modernization or something of the church. And treat, America is treating, in the late, you know, late 19th century, trying to highlight some aspects of the Catholic Church in America and less aspects, of, uh, diminish other aspects of it to make it more palatable right. to America. And so right. 
Pius, uh, Pope Pius the so, sorry, Pope Leo the Thirteenth mm. produces a document that says uh, a famous letter that attacks the so-called Americanism, uh, the heresy of Americanism, which is in this. And so it's neat to have a, a, a heresy named after your your, your country. country. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, Francoism. You don't have that. But subordinationism <laughs> is a fun one because I think heresies that are close to the truth are more exciting in a way. And I have some sort of you have some sort of sympathy, um, and it shows the need for the for the authority of the church in general or my appreciation of the authority of the church because subordinationism in its most I mean, obviously we're going to run roughshod over some distinctions but is that in the trinity in the life of the trinity even though they're all divine persons father son holy spirit there is a there is an ordering a subordination in some way and that's where the heresy comes in i suppose um that's significant between say the father and the son and the holy spirit so that the son and the father, the son is subordinated to the father in some way that you might say he's not equally, whether he's not first. Now, this, I think this is an interesting heresy because in some ways it's, it seems almost natural. If you're reading the scriptural witness, Jesus is often subordinating himself to the father, not my will, but your will. That's human right. divine will. Right. So that's, that's not a problem. Right. Only the father knows. Only the father knows. That's more clear case where it seems like he's kept something. So the subordination heresy here, um, which the St. Bonaventure also sometimes accused of, and this, you know, careful is, and <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one because it, it has some sensibility to it, but also we want to say if we go down this route, then, then we don't have equal equal persons and equal divine natures. So the church is very careful about how this subordination work comes. Origin, I think, is probably the first guy who really plays this out. But the heresies are, uh, especially subordinationism or even Arianism, um, they're, you know, they're floating on some truths or at least some, some apprehension seem reasonable, but need a little help. Right, you know? right, right. Um, Do you have takes, a particular it, heresy? As, that you, I, as you like to say, as you're yeah. fond of saying, it takes a lot of truth to float in air, right? That's right. So, so I think this principle, it helps us to see, uh, to see what's going on with Americanism, actually. Mm -hmm. um, because, uh, well, for a couple of reasons. One aspect of Americanism that I think we have to be especially conscious of right now, um, in light of the Synod, for example, uh, sure. uh, coming up this fall, uh, is trusteeism. And okay. we yes. actually have a historical connection to this because the heart of trusteeism was St. Joseph's Parish in Greenwich Village in New York City, oh, so, right. which is now uh, run by the Dominican Fathers of our yeah. province, of the province of St. Joseph. So we, ha we have this kind of connection. Yeah. We weren't the pastors of the church then, but we are now. Uh, and so the, the ghost of trusteeism, you know, the haunt us uh, in, insofar as we're connected to this parish. But trusteeism is the wielding of power proper to clerics by lay people, right? So dictating, particularly yep. in this form that it took, was dictating that a parish should be run exclusively by its parish council. Right. Now, why, why does this matter? Um, not because I want to advance a kind of outdated clericalism, but because there's a real moment of tension here as we're pushing for increasing transparency within the church, as we're looking to be uh, appropriately modern, um, uh, modern and faithful Catholics, right? We, we want the lady to be involved. Um, we, we want the lady to take on any numbers of administrative duties, you know, as much as I'm in, I'm in favor as much as reasonably possible, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, so, so there are real tensions here that are, that are still being asked. And that's, yes. I think that's what I want to point out. We're a hundred years out of trusteeism, you know, over, over a hundred years out yeah, of trusteeism. And it's still, I think, in some ways, a live question. Okay, but what is my what is my favorite heresy? Yes, uh, mine is Arianism. Oh yeah, because of the Ur heresy. It is. That's you know, kind of the biggest of them all. And it's tempting. I think. For, I think for that reason, it, it, that reason, it's great. It's not. It, it's not as intellectually sophisticated 
Um, but but it is it is easy um, or engaging, I should say, rather to 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 begin to begin to really pry into the who who Jesus, Jesus Christ yeah. is uh, and what does it mean to claim that uh, that 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 unlike the Father, um, he's not unoriginant, but uh, like the Father, he is not created. Yeah, that's so, right. So, so yeah. that 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 yeah. is a deep theological mystery. That's something very profound and something at at the heart of the Christian Trinitarian faith, right? Um, I once had a priest uh, describe Arianism very succinctly. He said, "What is it? What does it mean to be an Arian?" Well, uh, he said he walked into his chapel once, um, and the chapel had over the tabernacle the words the word was made flesh mm -hmm. right? that beautiful line from the angels from the gospels um that, that comes to us and there was some some construction being done and so the word flesh had been taken down mm -hmm. and so the oh, chapel yeah. just read the word was made, made. and well, so good. there was a perfectly like arian chapel you know yes that's great the word was created the word oh, was yeah. made all right so Ar arianism i think would be my prep my, that's a good my, one. Pref my preferred heresy yeah, yeah. that's sort of a big one yeah but looking back, okay, let's. So we, we kind of we we kind of step back historically. Mm -hmm. We're t we're taking the bird's eye view, looking at a couple of these big movements, thinking a little bit about what heresy means. There are a lot of things, a lot of ways that the modern world is divorced from the life of the church, from the mm -hmm. Christian life. I would say, yeah, we'd say that with confidence. It seems to me to be pretty clear. Yes, sure. Is there, Father Bonaventure? Do you think one principal heresy? of the modern age or before we dial it into yeah, one what so. are some of, what are some of the streams of thought you're seeing today that are problematic yeah well i think um modernity itself is needs some definitions and work on uh, because of course modernism is is a heresy right um so yeah we're not so when we think about when we think about modernity i i would think about something more temporal and chronological uh a, a melu the kind of cultural uh, engagement we have since say the 15 1600s or something broadly construed modernism of course our listeners might be familiar with is is the well funny enough it's uh what pope uh, pius the 10th i think it's 1924 um he declares the synthesis of all heresies. So modernism is actually like the, the synthesis of all the ones all mentioned. All the before, things. Which is pretty yeah. impressive. Um, but modernism is particularly mm. the the modernization, the kind of removing of all revelation from the Catholic faith. So this biblical criticism starts to come up in, in right. a, an aggressive right. way, in right. historical criticism, an aggressive way, removing notion of miracles in this way. So a kind of naturalistic, you could say, um, and disenchantment that's a disenchantments that right and that here. does and that does nicely overlap with the understanding of modernity in general modernity is at least this the stage if we think of it in modern age versus say middle ages or the ancient the ancient period or something but modern the modern period seems to be a time where of course science is taking off uh, and uh, freedom and liberty and political systems are changing we're moving from you know, uh, Canaan ships and monarchies to something like democracies. Uh, this natural reason is taking over from, say, revelation and authority in this way. So that's the kind of melu. And if you think about, well, okay, well, what there are plenty of we talk about plenty of the bad things about that, the dangers of that. But I was I wanted to think about just the heresy. So not just like the difficulties of oh we don't talk to each other anymore, or we don't we're not as attentive to each other, or communication is more difficult, or you know, we don't live on the land anymore, and the kind of natural difficulties of modernity that many of us would be inclined, although there's plenty of positive things, like, for instance, electricity, podcasts, indoor plumbing, I would we say. We talk about plumbing a lot on the podcast. We're, we're big fans of plumbing. I, that's our, that's our, our go-to reference. plumbing's pretty important. I mean, I like it. Um, so modernity is plenty of good things, but heresy, so if we look at 
what does modernity have against specific doctrine of the faith? Um, it, when I was, I was thinking about it, and it seems like if there's any doctrine of the faith that, that modernity in large scale denies is original sin. It seems mm. like if we think about the enlightenment or modernity or this progress or natural science and all of this, it seems like the doctrine that has gone away or has lost the ass- assertion of and its privileged place as a marker of what is true about reality is original sin, it seems. We've forgotten. So this is kind of like Pelagianism without the hope of salvation. So it's like a, a secular Pelagianism. Because Pelagianism. Pelagius says we can get to heaven without this. Modernity has this, who cares about heaven, but there is no fallenness in a sort of way. And they might think actually that's, that's totally backwards. There's plenty of fallenness. You might think, well, look at all the wokeness right. and all the protests, right. racism and all this kind of thing. So the pe- how could people forget original sin? But I think there's something different going on between the kind of protests we have today and a robust understanding of what original sin is. Right, right. Um, the, the thing that comes immediately to mind, mm-hmm. and since Father Gregory Pine isn't here, you know, I'll, I'll have to cite it, right? Yeah. The thing that comes immediately to mind, right, is the question that, that was once asked by, by a famous newspaper, what's wrong with the world? Oh, sure. And G.K. Chesterton wrote in, right, in his editorial, and he said, simply, I am. You know, oh, and, yeah, and sure. signed it. And sure. I think uh, the, the, the thing that, that comes to mind immediately, right, as you're proposing original sin, there's, I, I do think that there's a loss of the sense of individual responsibility, individual mm-hmm. culpability. What have sure. I done, right? All the things yes. that you just mentioned in your list, um, I think our systems, our structures, mm-hmm. right? We, we talk a lot about these kinds of things. And of course, I think there can be systemic issues. There can be structural sin, of structures of sin. You know, this, the, this is the teaching of the church, not just my own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those things are all very real. But I think the emphasis on them in our age mm-hmm. means that we have a kind of pause before the idea of personal accountability, personal culpability. Um, and I think that I think that maybe accepting that, maybe the beginning of accepting that more readily begins with or starts with our acceptance of the doctrine of original sin of saying, well, we're all we're all fallen. We're all broken. Now pe- people can say that with ease. They say, "Oh, sure, no one's perfect, right?" That's a, that's a kind of soundbite. But what does it mean to to really look in the mirror and say, "Nope, I I don't I don't have this. I don't have this." Um, yeah, and that's you know, and and I'm why part historically why I think this is um, the a heresy or the heresy of modernity is because it's in modernity. Well, you see this some of the Jewish tradition, I suppose, but modernity for the first time you see Christians uh, more or less retelling the story of Genesis uh, in public form. Rousseau is one of these, Kant does this, rewrites, retells the story of, of Genesis, not as a story of, of fall from grace to sin and then redemption, but actually in their narratives, reconstructed narratives of, of this myth or what they, they see it as a maturation process. So that the, the, fall, from, the fall from sin is not a grace sin redemption move but rather a progressively upward like you sinning is how you learn to get better you start at this bottom point and you and you sinning is not actually a fall from anything but rather a a growth in knowledge of yourself and the need to mm-hmm. discipline yourself so it's the, and it's those are those conjectural histories those conjectural readings uh, are early modern things that you don't really see 
I mean, everything's nothing's new under the sun. So you see in right, summer, right, bitter right, stuff. Right, right, but right, it's right. not Mason the, the very Christians up to that point in the early modern period read the fall as generally a really devastating thing that we live through the effects of, as and which may have an old Felix culpa, like there's a redemption in Christ from it. But then you, but now you start reading the early, early modern period of the actual the the old Felix culpa is for you. It's not that Christ. It's not that the fall occurred. Therefore, Christ comes and saves us, but that we. Are progressing right. through this. That is good right. that we know about our limitations and such. And this is part of means to grow growing up, from going from a childhood to an adult status. And that this is almost necessary in our maturation process. And that that to my mind is it keeps the story, but it gives it a different coloring such that the doctrine of original sin, the notion of now there's something kind of wrong with us and we should expect a kind of brokenness and a need for another to redeem. That now has it is now just a p project of progressive development. Right, right. I think that I think that this begins to hint at another theme that I think could be drawn out. Right, is the turn inward, the turn to the self against mm -hmm. other communitarian dimensions of life. Um, I think I think that could be one of the philosophical trends, one of the ideological threads underneath there. Um, that 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 we ha we have this turn inward, and when you're when you're when you're so focused inward, actually. You begin to cease to see the ways uh, that you are uh, responsible or coming up short. If that makes sense, you know, if, you, no, if you're I looking think... inward, if and you're fo you're focused on yourself, you can't readily acknowledge the deficiencies that are there. And then, we, and then when you come up to them, you become so anxiety ridden that, that that that's all you've got. You can't face them. I think autonomy is the kind of the invention of autonomy right. and the notion of the yeah. modern self as this isolated individual, you know, an almost atomic kind of, we're talking about atoms in this, and we have this, we have human atoms, such that, yes, you're not, you're not in the society that's banging against each other necessarily, so that teaches you about your, your failings and such, but rather it, you, you turn yourself because you are the base core key constituent of the universe, qua human, and the, the problem is the society, not you, as opposed to in the, in the, you could say in the Christian dispensation, where, the, where you accept original sin, the society, particularly the ecclesia, the church, society of God, is the solution, and you're the problem. You need to be fixed and brought into the society. Whereas right. in the early right. modern period, right. you have this, right. I'm good, and I have to keep, although Rousseau, of course, is a little different, but, but mostly, I'm the one who has, is, is okay, as long as I can keep away from the bad influences. And this then trickles, I think, as we get in the you know, non-philosophical and kind of the hoi polloi sensibilities to the things you talked about with the structures of sin versus individual responsibility. You have the sense of, and this grievances today especially, the outworkings of, I would say, this heresy of modernity, of denial of original sin, that I'm not responsible, that it must be, yeah, it's the society that's the problem. It's the, because I, it couldn't possibly be me. Right. We don't believe in a doctrine right. of original sin. Now, they would never say that, but I think it's if you followed the genealogy of modernity and these stories and think about our own perceptions of it, it's easy to see how this heresy has fruit in even the contemporary street demonstrations and what have you. Right, right. Okay, so here's one that I've got. Try this mm -hmm. one. You know, without, yeah. without discounting your ideas, which are good and important. Well, yeah, that's uh, great. What about, what about this as, as, a, as a theme, something that's unique to our age? Because, of course, you know, Heresies grow, evolve, they come back sure. over time, yep. all these sorts of That's things. That's right. What about this as a major heresy yes. for our age? Rejecting the holiness of the church. Mm. Now, why, why do I want to say that? I, I think for a couple of mm -hmm. reasons, because we have this kind of thread of Donatism, right, where, we, where, we, where we've got a problem 
um, receiving priests that have fallen um, mm -hmm. from their vows, fallen from the yes. holiness that their office demands. Um, and, and we don't have a mechanism or a process for reconciling them. What does yes. real forgiveness in these moments look yes. like? Um, we have very strict legal policies, which I think are necessary, you know, such as the zero tolerance mechanisms for child abusers that, that have been put in by the Dallas Charter um, in, in the early 2000s by the U.S. bishops. Okay, so we've seen real mm -hmm. reasons that, that real reasons that have prompted part of this question about the nature of the priesthood. I think another part of it, another part of understanding the holiness of the church is having a confidence in the, the church, our mother, the church as teacher. Mm -hmm. I think sure. that there are a lot of people that want to go basically anywhere else <laughs> other than the church yeah. to, to learn the deepest questions of life, to be nourished um, in the study of truth, um, to be given a, a shape or practice for life. I mean, we've got Christians turning to things other than the Christian tradition for methods of prayer. And I think a lot of that is deeply problematic. So we doubt the church as teacher. And I think the third, and this this is where they kind of blend a little bit, the third is we have this breaking down of, of our understanding of the church as a community, which is why I really liked mm -hmm. your bit about, yes. uh, about Ecclesia, okay. right? Yes. Okay, so what does it mean to belong to a body from which I, you know, I cannot be separated? We, we, we drop anything in our life when it doesn't suit us. We get kicked out of things when, mm -hmm. when you fail. Uh, the modern world, living living in the modern world is a kind of um, rootlessness in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Like life is just more transient. Yeah. People are more mobile. Um, all, all of those are realities of modern living. And so I think we have this understanding that um, that the church is something that supplements my personal faith. You know, the, my 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 own faith mm -hmm. can be distinct from distinct from the church. Um, and that nothing really is added to my faith by being a member thereof. Mm -hmm. So I think there are some of these questions really deep under the hood. Well, yeah. what, what are your responses? Oh, I that? think that's that's got to be right. Um, and and that you might say, well, that's a doc a dogma. Yeah, every Sunday we say we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and it's important we believe in that, not just like I know that's what this church is. No, no, more stronger than that. That's a belief. That's a commitment. Right. It's a right. it's a creedal statement. It's a dogma that you say, I, I, I don't see this. I don't see the church being one, but I believe it's one. I don't see the church being holy, but uh, not all the time, but I believe it's holy. And so I like your, and it's those marks, one holy Catholic and apostolic, um, to seeing them as actually their doctrinal marks that they that take belief in them. And modernity m makes, kind of sits the little devil on the shoulder and says, nah, because again, the autonomy, the individual thing you're talking about being siloed off and such, and the church, whatever the church might be, isn't it really just an aggregate, uh, a heap of individuals who can't practice what they want to do by themselves? But if they could, if we could get everything that we wanted about of our, our faith just by ourselves, then we wouldn't need the church. So that's an accidental unity uh, of, for holiness as opposed to an essential instrument of holiness. And I think that's that's we just don't think in communitarian social role and about right. society right. in these ways in modernity, or it's harder to. I mean, this is true for politics too. We're all kind of knee-jerk libertarians in the sense of uh, us, and that's American time back to Americanism, I suppose. So they're all they're all kind of yeah they're linked here and they reflect each other. And of course, since the doctrines of the faith are are, are unified and integral, it's not shouldn't be surprising that there should be these connections between uh, denying one's own responsibility, uh, lack of responsibility, and therefore also denying 
the goodness and the holiness and the requirement of a of a society. No surprise there; these are these are connected because the faith is a unified thing. It's not like God picked and chose a few things. He said, well, "I'm going to be Trinity, and, right. <laughs> and I'm going to maybe I'll incarnate. Do I can I do the incarnate package with the Trinity thing? Yeah, I can do that. That's great. And can I do what about the church thing? Or can we do the Protestant individual? No, they're they they fill out organically so that you missing one means you hit other ones as well. But I think the holiness of the church in an individualistic era, that's certainly uh, certainly another case for a heresy of modernity. Well, there we've got a few we've got a few good suggestions, I think, you know, n- nothing conclusive. I don't I don't mean to assert sure. mine over you. I think, well, you know, I don't it's not defined. We There's can no allow our the heresy of modernity. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> well, we've got two good proposals here in suggesting original sin, I think, and then suggesting the the rejection of the holiness of the church. Um, and that you'll notice that we just provided diagnosis today. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> We're diagnosticians, you know, we, yeah. we, we did we didn't offer any answers. So we we offer these errors, um, these threads of current thought uh, for you, for our listeners, right? For for their continued reflection, I think. Um, yeah, to be to be attentive to the water that you swim in and the ways it might pull you away from the faith. Uh, without making explicit, I, the, there's plenty of things that are explicit in the society, but these we're talking when we talk about the heresies of modernity, the subterranean things you might not even notice because it's so natural, you know. Just like if you were in an Aryan, an Aryan encamped area uh, with the bishop as Aryan, you may not have any had any idea that you were a heretic, or it was been normal to think in this way. And so you, but that would still would have you might not have been guilty, of course, because you weren't intending it. But you never, nevertheless, you would have been drawn away. It would have been good if you did see Christ as equal to the Father and as and not as as just as made. So even if even if it, you're not responsible for denying the holiness of this church in this way or denying original sin, it still would be very good for your soul to know both of these things. Forget culpability and just Absolutely. talk about moving towards a growth right. in the faith. That's right. Well. As always, our listeners, we hope that these thoughts will help you grow in holiness, to help you grow in your knowledge of the church and your love for Christ. Thanks for listening to God's Planning. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like the episode, submit a five-star review. It helps us. It helps people find the show. Say something creative about whether you liked this episode, whether you have another heresy that we should consider, whether you're on Team Original Sin, whether you're on Team Church Holiness. You know, we could, we could discuss all that in the comments. If you'd like to donate to the podcast through Patreon, follow the link in the description or show notes. There you'll also find links to shop our merch, to get information for upcoming God's planning events, and more. As always, we ask for your prayers for us and know of our prayers for you. God bless. Mm-hmm.